podcast this week is brought to you by Peninsula Filmworks. Shocking stories, crazy stories, moving stories, but mostly authentic stories from the people of Door County. The craftsmen, the artists, the entrepreneurs, the characters. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to bringing you stories from across the county via exclusive video content. Available online at PeninsulaFilmworks.com, DoorCountyPulse.com, and on your social media platform of choice. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Kind of an interesting news week, maybe a little slow, maybe a little fast, depending on who you're talking to, but we have a couple of interesting stories coming out in this week's issue and a couple things that have happened already this week, so why don't we just jump right in? Arguably the most important bit of news, uh, County League Baseball Championship. Yes. How did that turn out? Forget the governor's race. Let's talk about County League Baseball. Exactly. Um, your Egg Harbor boys defeated the Sister Bay Bays 8-2 to two on Sunday which uh, means they are going to a one-game playoff to decide the champion of the county league. I got there for the second half of the game last week, and very dejected Sister Bay crowd and Sister Bay uh, ball club walking off the field. But they do get one more shot, and Egg Harbor gets one last shot to uh, break the streak of the Sister Bay Bays. Well, like I said last week, uh, whether or not I go... I'm still going to treat an Egg Harbor victory as a personal victory from me to you. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good this week, uh, but we'll see if uh, if we can keep it up and turn the tides. This, uh, when's the next game? The game is Sunday at 1.30 at Egg Harbor's ballpark, which is back by the sewer and water plant where all the great baseball fields are. And uh, Sister Bay has won four straight titles, going for their fifth. Egg Harbor had won... Four titles in, I think, six years in the years prior to that. So they're trying to get back on top of the league. These two teams have won eight out of the last 12 County League Baseball titles. Now, I know I said that I hadn't made it to any games, so last week was the the game to see. Well, now this week is definitely <laughs> the game to see. Uh, whether it be a really close victory from Sister Bay and the reigning champs continue on, or it could be the end of an era. Yeah. So uh, if you have end of a very important era, like <laughs> grown adult men wearing baseball uniforms. Yeah. If you that I still there, care about for some reason. <laughs> well, if you haven't been out there yet, uh, make sure you go this weekend. I, uh, I'm. I say I'm going to go to every event. I rarely do. I'm going to I'm going to make it a point to make it out oh, to this one. Well, we send you out to film all sorts of random stuff. Where were you this week? Were you up at Newport State Park? Oh no, you were at a, a campground, wagon trail campground. Yes, over in Raleigh's Bay. Um, yeah, that's not to say that I don't get out to events in Door County. <laughs> I go pretty much every day to different places and, and collect video for film works and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just the leisurely activities I don't get out to as much. <laughs> um, but that's just because I'm I'm filling my week full of sites um, for work. But uh, yeah, this should be really exciting. Now, we had mentioned the governor's race. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how that shook out? Well, all right, well we have a candidate on the Democratic side, um, Tony Evers, who was the favorite going into this week's uh, Democratic primary. He did indeed win. He beat out a field of eight um, candidates. And he won pretty handily. Uh, the state superintendent of schools for for several years now. Um, it's going to set up a, an interesting race. There are some that fear that Evers, as like kind of an old name, old hat in the Democratic Party, 
isn't going to fire up the base to challenge incumbent Governor Scott Walker, who has fought off um, effort after effort by the Democrats, um, including special elections, to try and, and uh, get him out of the governor's mansion. Um, and he's proved a, a very formidable um, candidate to, to try and unseat. So it, it remains to be seen if the Democrats can fire up enough energy with Evers as their candidate. Um, and they've also only got about 10 weeks to do it because with those eight candidates um, in the field, there really hasn't been a lot of press given to any one candidate over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And so you wonder how how much momentum a candidate like Evers can have going up against Walker. Right. Now, I I haven't been keeping as much track of the of the campaigns this year. Uh, this would be my second, like, or my first election period in a new state, originally from Minnesota. So mm-hmm. switching over and, and checking out the new election. Um, I, I checked in on the results for... Um, the Wisconsin election and also the Minna, the Minnesota. There were some elections over in Minnesota. Who was the candidate? The picture of him is like he's wearing like a like a button down and a hard hat, and he's like he's the the workman's Randy candidate. Bryce. The, I, yeah, the right. candidate. He is running for Paul Ryan's seat. Paul Ryan is retiring in um, from Congress. Randy Bryce is running. It's still a heavily Republican district. Randy Bryce is the Democrat. He's been. Uh, running for well over a year now and he's tried to position himself as like the working man's democratic candidate Mm -hmm. um and it remains to be seen how he can fare in that district uh there'd be doubts about ryan even though he's won with 70 some percent of the vote usually um in that district but it's gonna there were some doubts with him uh even if he did run again so um him retiring kind of opens up that that race as well Cool. Well, it's it's exciting to say the least to see how things are starting to shake up as we approach the uh, the upcoming election. Um, one other reason that this uh, matchup could get interesting is Evers being the state superintendent of schools. Walker's most famous move since taking over the the governor's mansion was the implementation of Act Ten, which uh, removed collecting bargaining rights and and greatly weakened the teachers' union in the state of Wisconsin. Um, which led to the original recall election for Governor Walker back in 2011. So it will be interesting to see if uh, Evers, as a, an education guy, if that will be the thing that allows him to, to gain some momentum, or does Walker use that and is able to kind of pigeonhole him as, just like he did in, in 2010, where he kind of pigeonholed the teachers as kind of like the this, uh, uh, would I guess you could say he was throwing stones at teachers, and he was mm-hmm. really going after them as as people who were siphoning money from the state. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Another thing that's going on this week is the Peninsula Music Festival. Interesting bit of news came out of that this week too. Yes, uh, Sharon Gretzmacher, a longtime director of the Peninsula Music Festival, is retiring and moving on. She's moving to Cedar Rapids in Iowa, be closer to family. Um, but yeah, 27 years at the at the helm of Peninsula Music Festival, one of the longest running um, events and just a, a kind of a, a really high profile event in the classical music world um, in Door County. And, and she's been she's been at the helm a long time. You were telling me a little bit about the history of the music festival and, and some of the things that have come from it. Um, I 
I'm, I'm slowly getting my, my handle on the music scene up here because it's massive, to say the least, between all of the different music that comes up in the summer to the different like Steelbridge Music Festival and stuff like that. There's just so much. Now, I know that Peninsula Music Festival is a classical music festival, mm-hmm. um, and I know that it brings in uh, incredible bands from all over the place. But why don't you tell me a little bit of the history behind it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it brings in these incredible performers, conductors from all over the country and uh, all over the world in, in some cases. They started by playing in Gibraltar High School's old gym, on the stage in that old gym. And if, if anybody has ever been in there, it's a really cramped old uh, hot box of a gymnasium. And really doesn't do justice to great music sure. but for years that was the home of it and actually the peninsula music festival is largely responsible for the fact that we have a door community auditorium now okay. at gibraltar high school because there were when they started this effort to investigate uh the and raise funds for the building of an auditorium and to gain momentum and support for it because at the time in the mid 80s when Ann Emerson and others were, um, and Peter Trenchard and other folks like that, were talking about building an auditorium, there wasn't this built-in support for the arts in Door County. It was, a, it was a struggle, and a lot of people were saying, we don't need something like that. You know, we don't need anything that artsy in Door County. We don't need a performing arts stage. We have this gym. That's fine. Sure. And it took some convincing, which seems weird now, because it's just, we take it for granted. There's right. performing arts venues all over the place. But at the time, it took a lot of convincing to get people to buy into it. And one day, these two sisters came into Ann Emerson in her Edgewood Orchard Galleries in Fish Creek and pledged $500,000 to build an auditorium because they were longtime attendees of um, Peninsula Music Festival and they wanted to see another, a new great venue for that festival. Mm-hmm. And Ann Hoberlin was shocked. She said, oh, uh, really? $500,000? You're going to you're going to donate $500,000 for this? And then they said, no, dear, we're going to donate $500,000 each. Wow. So the two sisters, uh, Marion and Lori Hislop, donated $500,000 apiece um, anonymously at first. And then people didn't believe that anybody was donating that kind of money for an auditorium and for the performing arts in Door County. So even though they wanted to remain anonymous, People didn't believe that that donation was really there, so they had to come forward just to put the legitimacy behind that donation, and that finally started to convince people, oh, this might actually happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the final auditorium tally might have been about $2.7 to $3 million that they needed to raise, but it was their donation and their love of Peninsula Music Festival that actually led to the fact that we have the Door Community Auditorium, which has brought... Johnny Cash, uh, Willie Nelson, Ray Charles, just amazing names into Door County. That would have never happened without those two sisters and really without Peninsula Music Festival. That is such a cool story. Uh, it's it's amazing. As, as the more I, I learn about these different places, the, the more I'm struck by how lucky and privileged we are to have them. Um, you you go to the auditorium and it's it's amazing it's beautiful it's state-of-the-art it, it operates uh to a level that you that you wouldn't expect to see i mean it's the same thing with the two ymcas that we have or uh peninsula players theater we have these amazing um marvels of engineering and and it, it it's incredible that we get to have them here yeah um in, in a place that i mean as we've talked before about the history of door county 
uh, a place that comes from the lumber and stone and maritime industry. And now it has this incredible arts scene with these amazing facilities. Uh, it's just, it's an incredible transformation over the years. Yeah. And like you said, it is a transformation and it really did take effort and somebody and, and so many people to build that scene. It didn't just kind of naturally happen. It's really like about a 50 year old scene where it's really been at the level that it is now. And you could argue only like 30 years where it really hit this extra level of acceptance up here. Um, and then bring, bringing that all back to, to Sharon Gretzmacher, 27 years in any position is a feat nowadays. In the nonprofit world, people tend to go places and be there for three or four years and they move on. <laughs> Maybe they don't even make it three or four years. So to stick with something, she's been just a, a tremendous advocate for that festival. Um, as somebody who works in the newspaper industry, uh, you can tell some people who just are are really on top of their stuff and, and get you information and are advocating for why their event matters and, and why they need either help or fundraising or just attendees. And she's always been um, really strident in those efforts. And we in Door County, in that organization and those who love classical music in Door County, we've been fortunate to have her around for this long. Have they announced a replacement or who's going to follow have not. up? Okay. Well, that'll be, it'll be interesting to see. That's such a cool story. I'm glad that I, I finally know. Moving on, we got one more thing I wanted to talk about before we jump into our feature this week. Um, you were telling me about um, an upcoming anniversary this week. Yeah, this this coming week, August 23rd, will mark 20 years since an F3 tornado came ashore in Egg Harbor and ripped a half mile wide swath of destruction through just south of Murphy Park. It went five miles inland and it really was incredible because people didn't think tornadoes would really do damage on land in Door County. At that point, um, and I grew up in Egg Harbor. I feel like I say that every week on this podcast right. from some point or another. But um, that you just you'd see water spouts from time to time, or you'd hear about something like some sort of funnel cloud just barely touching down and taking off. But this one stayed on the ground for 14 minutes. Um, you could see it develop off the water. There are tremendous pictures that we'll have in this week's issue of this massive funnel cloud coming ashore. And it just, I mean, it just carved a path and it shut down power in all of Northern Door County for the entire night and into the next day. It was eerie that day. I was, uh, let's see, in 1998, I was 19 years old. And when we went to bed that night, we thought for sure we were going to find out that neighbors of ours and friends of ours had been killed by this tornado because it, it was just so big and so devastating. We knew it hit a campground south of town. Um, we knew it had leveled uh, several, several homes and businesses of people we knew. And we just thought, well, there's no way people escape this unscathed. Right. That night we were driving around and there's not a single light on any road up here. Like, so you, you have power outages and things like that, mm -hmm. but there's still a few street lights and things. Nothing. You right. drove into Ephraim, pitch black, and there was, I think, one light from somebody who had a, a generator that you could see as you came down the Ephraim Hill. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. You never actually see that level of darkness day to day. Even when it's so dark in Door County, you think it's so like peaceful and there's not that much light pollution. You realize when the light really is all gone, you realize how many little running lights are always in on the street sides, especially in the towns. Right. I mean, that's something that I've noticed just from going to bed. Uh, I live kind of in the woods in Ag Harbor. So in the summertime, it's pitch black. 
And then conversely, without all the light pollution, in the wintertime, the moon reflects off the snow so hard oh, that sure. you can totally see all around your bedroom at night. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's crazy when you when you think about it. I mean, we have, a, we have a dark sky park in Door County where you can see stars here that you can't see anywhere else in the state. So yeah. I, I can imagine. A couple years ago, there was a, a really big storm that caused a power outage for, I think, 15 hours or so. Um, and I was here for that. So it was the hmm. same kind of thing. I mean, having no power at night is really eerie. And then like driving through town and just seeing people like outside of stores hanging out because there's nothing to do. Yeah. Uh, Main Street Market was selling off all of their uh, produce and deli stuff out on the street because it wouldn't keep. So they had to get rid of it like that. Sure. Day. Um were, were you living in Egg Harbor at the time? I was. We actually, my brother and I had a little pizza place um, called Dano's Peninsula Pizza. And he was actually out delivering pizza when this happened. And he was delivering to the folks at the Cornerstone Suites just south of Egg Harbor. And when he got there, we didn't know about the tornado. There were no cell phones. We didn't have radar on their map. We didn't even have TV in the shop, in the pizza place. So we had no idea that this level of storm was coming in. And... While he was gone delivering this pizza, we finally got like uh, somebody had called us or something like that. And we knew that there was a tornado coming. I think my dad, because he had taken a photo of the tornado, mm -hmm. he called us and told us to get in the basement. And we're like, well, Dan, my brother, is out on this pizza delivery. And so the story my brother told me is when he went, he actually got to the place to deliver the pizza. They were in the basement of a separate building and they called him and they're like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm delivering your pizza. He said, get in the basement there's a tornado coming and my brother being kind of a thrill seeker he was like oh i'm gonna drive i'm gonna race it out of here and he turns and here it's coming for this house and he raced it back home to egg harbor got out of the way soon enough a very stupid thing to do that tornado came through and leveled the place where he just delivered the pizza to wow. just destroyed it um so the crazy thing was the next day when i thought there would be tons of injuries and deaths, not a single person was killed. Two minor injuries reported in a tornado that hit a campground, um, several homes, uh, small B and bed and breakfast, uh, Sunny Point Gardens was just ravaged by it. It came ashore and hit uh, the properties south of Horseshoe Bay where there are a lot of vacation homes. And somehow people escaped unscathed. It was incredible. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think about tornadoes like that. I mean, I... Um, we had tornadoes pretty frequently in, in the part of Minnesota that I grew up in, but nothing ever destructive. Um, yeah. very, I mean, we'd have severe weather warnings and tornadoes and I was very accustomed to running down to the basement and that kind of stuff when I was younger, but, but nothing to that extent. And I, I can't, I can't even imagine it here. You, you hear about it in like central Wisconsin a mm -hmm. lot more. Um, but yeah, even in Door County. So I looked it up, there has been 19 tornadoes or water spouts most of them i think it's something like 13 of those 19 are water spouts that never came ashore or came on land and the, of the ones that did come in on land nothing compared to the the damage level that that one had done i think it was seven million dollars in damages um and I, I i remember thinking at the time what if that just came one mile farther north right through the center of egg harbor i mean mm -hmm. it didn't miss the center of the town by all that much and then you start thinking of landmark resort landing I don't think the Newport resort was built yet, but like you have a lot of pretty large resorts that you could have had a lot of people affected really easily. So we got lucky.
That's a really incredible. So we story. can look back at it and kind of joke about this twenty and tell fun stories about it twenty years later, but just a lucky stroke, right? And no, absolutely. And the the fact that nobody was seriously hurt is, I mean, that's probably Stunning. the best part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, cool. I'm, now I'm, it's just cool weather. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm really looking forward to checking out those photos and stuff in the article this week. Uh, we're gonna move on now to our feature this week. Um, so we're gonna take a little break, and then we'll be back with Celeste. Thank you so much, Miles, for chatting with me this week. You bet. Good as always, Andrew. All right. We'll see you next week. And we're back. I am joined today by Celeste Benchwell. How are you, Celeste? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. We we had you on the podcast once before when we were talking about the summer music preview, uh, but it's good to have you in one-on-one so we can kind of chat. Why don't you start by telling us uh, a little bit about yourself? Because uh, you're not from Door County originally, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, where are you from normally? I'm from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. It's an hour north of Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. And so. what brought you up here? Um, I'm a student at UW-Madison, and I was working at a newspaper there for about three years, going on my fourth year this semester. Um, so I'm a journalism major and was just looking for some internships to get some more experience. And I saw this one was listed on our journalism. They have like a job listing page on our uh, website. Mm -hmm. So I saw it on there, I applied and I got it. So I was like, I'm coming to Door County. (laughs) Wait, did you have any prior knowledge or experience with Door County at all? No, I did meet a few people in in Madison that are from here though. So I had a few friends already. So that was really cool to have a few people I knew here. But other mm-hmm. than that, I didn't have never been here before. So Okay. Well, that's a really cool perspective because most of the people who work here uh, either were born here or have moved here full time. Um, how I mean, what's your what's your summer been like? I've been having a blast. Um, you know, after work, I pretty much just. I don't know, listen to music, hang out in a hammock. I go out to the bars with my friends, go to the beach. It's been just such a great experience. Um, I mean, just since everyone's from here, pretty much, they already have like a close, tight group knit of friends. And I've been able to just like hang out and kind of feel part of the family. So it's been a really great experience. Yeah, that must be good having friends already up here too, because I know when I first moved up here, I didn't know anybody. And the the first winter that me and my wife were here, uh, we had no friends. We, we didn't go out. We, I mean, all of our coworkers were older than us. So, I mean, we didn't really hang out with the people that we worked with. Um, but once you, once you start meeting people, people your age and you start hanging out with people it gets it gets a lot easier and a lot more fun so it's cool that you kind of had your foot in the door right away with that yeah definitely it's been a game changer yeah (laughs) and and it sounds like you're kind of living the summer door county dream i mean you're working hard but you're also playing hard and hanging out on the beach and and taking Mm -hmm. in all that door county has to offer um once you live here i feel like sometimes you can take advantage or uh once you live here i feel that you kind of take for granted sometimes the, the beauty in the beaches. I mean, I've for Peninsula Filmworks, I've been shooting beaches all summer long, but I haven't actually gone to the beach myself yet to like hang out or swim or do anything like that. So it's cool that you've been kind of doing a little bit of both. Yeah, it's been so much fun. So why don't you tell us a bit about what you've been writing for The Pulse? Uh, what's your position here? You're an intern, but what, what have mm-hmm. you been focusing on? I'm the arts and entertainment intern, so I pretty much write about anything from music to theater to art sometimes food here and there. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much all over the spectrum, but mostly music is my favorite part. Okay. Um, but 
Yeah. I've been doing a lot of profiles of people, um, touring musicians that come through town or locals. Um, I've had a interview at a band or I actually saw a show from a band from Minneapolis called Night Moves. That was really cool. I didn't get to interview them, but I still like to go to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, be there in person and get the experience. But yeah, I've been doing a lot of profiles of people like artists and their sculptures or musician from Tennessee, for example, Eric Lewis. He actually comes here a lot during the during the season and does shows at Camp David for the Fish Stock series. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to talk to someone that had a foot in both worlds, kind of. Um, Dark County is a really interesting place for music and art and all sorts of stuff because we have a very strong local scene, but then we also bring in bands from the greater Wisconsin area and all over the world, too. I mean, I the first uh, show that I saw up here was Ben Folds at DCA, mm-hmm. and that was awesome. And then I've gotten to know a lot of the local bands like Small Forest throughout my time here, so it's it's been cool. What are, what are some of your big takeaways from the music scene? What have been some of your favorite shows? Um, I think Night Moves was one of my favorite shows because they're a younger group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, genre were they? The, I guess indie rock, I would okay. say. Um, one thing I have noticed is they're... While I do enjoy a lot of the music up here, it's a lot of it's folk or bluegrass, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So I guess that is my one critique about the music here is there's not as much variety as I would like. Because sure. I, you know, I like a full spectrum of genres. And I've also, I don't know, it kind of just seems like maybe not music geared towards you, like younger people like myself so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's just my own taste in music. I mean, I like folk music, but... There's a lot of it up here. Right. Well, I feel like you have to kind of seek it out too sometimes. Like I know that um, when I went down to Steelbridge Songfest, that was really cool because it was a totally different vibe than you get the rest of the year. Um, yeah. It was a lot more uh, rock and younger groups uh, or, or bands that that skew young younger. But then you think about the different venues up here. I mean, uh, a place like the Brewing Company can bring in a jazz band or a rock band or, or an indie band because they have that kind of cool vibe. Uh, but then you think that there's a lot of restaurants that bring in live music and art galleries, and those tend to skew differently. Um, what you're saying is very true. There's a lot of like <laughs> that like folk sound up here. But if you if you search it out, like DCA brings in a, a huge variety of stuff. I mean, this year they brought in a lot of uh, oldies. So they did Blues Traveler and Ronnie Millsap, the Beach Boys, those kind of vibes. But then they also had Ladysmith Black Mombazo and Pokey Lafarge and, and these these totally different sounds too. So I think I think Dark County is a really interesting place for music. It is, yeah. I do think you have to seek out the, the different stuff mm. a little bit more. So, so what about, uh, you said that you uh, were writing about theater too. What shows have you seen this year? I saw Boxcar at Northern Sky. Um, it was a really great experience. I obviously have never been there before, um, but I thought it was really cool, you know, go back in the woods a little bit. Um, it just seemed like a really, I went with my, I went with my parents. So I guess it was just a nice family experience. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what people go there for. It was just a really wholesome show, really cute. So yeah, Northern Sky is really neat because of its location. It's right in Peninsula State Park. And there are people that will walk up from the beach and go see it in their bathing suits. I mean, you've got people who come from all over the place. It's a very casual vibe, but they put on a really high quality show. 
Yeah, definitely. It was, I was surprised at how well. Um, <laughs> did you see anything from Penn Players or? I didn't. I didn't go to any other shows, unfortunately, but I did talk to some people from TAP. Okay. Um, and that was really cool. They were really nice. Um, but yeah, I guess I've only done a, a couple theater things interwoven in between the music. Gotcha. What have been some of your uh, your highlights of the, the summer? What have been some of the coolest things that you've written about or learned? I think my favorite pieces were the ones I wrote about Discourse Coffee and The Lightbox. I just really enjoyed those because I was interviewing kids my age that are young business owners, and I just thought it was really cool that they were doing stuff like that. So I really enjoyed just talking about their journeys and I did another interview with a sculptor, a ceramics sculptor named Joseph Piscina. And that was just a really cool interview just because we went to the AC tab, had a couple beers and just chatted about art for about an hour or whatever it was. But I just thought it was really cool to, you know, get that face to face connection and like make a friendship or something like that. So just those ones that I was able to like actually sit down with people and make a connection that was really fun well and that perspective is really great too i mean door county has changed a lot in the last 20 years but even more so in the last five years and um like physically with places like sister bay totally redoing their whole village or egg harbor has got a bunch of construction projects finishing up right now all in an attempt i think to bring in younger families and and, and new blood into the county and you've got great places like the Brewing Company. They just opened up their their new music hall, and um, you you have this, this young energy. Um, discourse just opened up. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your interview with them? I actually read that article the other day. Um, I had stopped in there before and and chatted with the guys over there. Um, really, really cool place. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's not your standard cup of coffee. Uh, definitely, Ryan. The owner of Discourse has just been doing crazy stuff there with coffee drinks. Um, But that interview was really cool just because, like, the thing that I remembered was towards the end of our interview when I was like, it must be hard to do stuff like this. How do you, and I mean, when the days are hard, how do you kind of chug through? And he was pretty much like, well, people ask me if I'm living my dream, and I am, but it's not always the dream that you think it is because you're, you know, staying at the at the shop really late or washing dishes or talking to employees and having to like be a business owner um but he was like you just gotta wake up and decide that I'm gonna make this day what I want it to be and like that's what living your dream really is and I just thought that was really cool and insightful yeah that's (laughs) that's great advice for anything I mean because at the end of the day it's how you react to things that decide how the day is gone um, I always told my dad because he would get up and he'd be grumpy right away. And I'd be like, you, the day hasn't even started. Why are you angry right away? Like, right. <laughs> let yourself have a good day before you decide that it was bad. Um, I think it's also cool because, like, when you're when you're working for yourself or you're working for your family and you're, you're passionate about it, it changes the whole, the whole feeling. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've worked service industry before, uh, but I got the chance to work at FICA, which is my in-law's new bakery in Fish Creek. And that's totally different because, like, you're working for yourself, for your family, and it, it, you there's a sense of ownership and responsibility that comes through that sometimes doesn't when you're working, you know, 
at, at a, a, a restaurant or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Ryan was saying like, because he's the owner, there's no one else that's going to pick up his slack. Like he's the man in charge and you know, he has to take care of everything because no one else will. And I just thought, yeah, that's crazy <laughs> to have that much responsibility. But along with the the family vibes, I think just going to places like that and like seeing their dynamics there and like how much they love what they're doing. It's just like makes the whole experience for you even cooler. So what was the other place that you mentioned that you checked out? It's called the light box. Yes. Tell me about that. I, I know where that is. It's right by the soup shop. Yes. Uh, my buddy Logan Thomas was telling me about, um, uh, what's her name who just moved in Lucy. there? Lucy. Yes. He was telling me when, when she first started up. Um, so I had the chance to go in there, but tell me what you learned. Um, that's an art shop with just tons of cute, crazy little art pieces. Um, that Lucy, she hosts different artists. All of the people she has hosted right there or right now are females. But I mean, she wants art from anyone that wants to give it to her. So she pretty much just hosts these artists in her shop along with her own art. Um, so it's just a crazy little colorful shop full of all these different pieces like earrings, posters, um, ceramics, purses, cool like tie-dyed sweatshirts and stuff. Um, it's just a really cool little spot to hang out even like she has friends come hang out with her during the day bring her lunch just chat it up a little bit so it's just fun to you know stop by look through all the art talk to her and now Lucy's thing is screen printing right yes so she's been trying to get that going out of the shop too I know when I went in they had a bunch of really cool uh, Ephraim screen prints that they had done on on like it was like this cool vintage map of Ephraim and yeah. they had screen printed them on t-shirts and, and sweatshirts and stuff like that right mm-hmm, definitely and I think along with her screen printing she wants to do workshops with people you know teach them how to do it and all that stuff and you know get to connect with people in the community so I think that's one of her things she really just wants to make it a cool spot to like communicate with each other and you know just build the community a little more cool well it sounds like you have had a really cool set of experiences this summer um do you think it was all worth it moving up here for the for the internship definitely I mean it didn't take me long to fall in love with this place I'm I'm pretty sad to go, you know, uh, but yeah, it's been really, really fun. How many more years of school do you have? I just have one more semester, half of a victory lap. <laughs> cool. Do you have any more or plans beyond college? Um, I think the goal would be to work at some sort of music publication, you know, music journalism, I guess. So I kind of want to move to a bigger city and check out, you know, the so many different genres of music and yeah, just be where the music is. So. Sweet. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Celeste, for all your work, and thanks for chatting with me this week. Thank you for having me. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. 